Gary, why am I doing that? Uh, I yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> no, it's campaign season. Oh, it is campaign season. Yeah. I I can't wait. To, uh, I'm I'm ready for Hillary. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm ready to. Uh, but you know what? I think that I want not just a third party candidate. I think I want third and fourth. I think I think I want that too. If if we don't get, you know, an actual uh, great president, mm-hmm. um, at the very least, we can have some fictional ones. <laughs> yes, at the very uh, least, we can let the reptiloids take over by voting with our dollars uh, for either a traps snakes or a turtles pillars t-shirt we are starting another teespring campaign and this allows you to show your support for which candidate which a platform i guess because they're not individual candidates <laughs> right it's a, it's a just, ticket it's a ticket like like many things that we say this isn't as fully developed as a regular presidential <laughs> campaign right. um but but which uh, which platform or ticket you mm-hmm. favor yeah. the kind of stability Mm-hmm. Of uh, turtles and pillars, yeah, or being ready for the future to strike, like with traps and snakes. So the uh, so these are two uh, well super well designed t shirts. Cole designed them. I take no credit for them. They look great. Thank you. Um, and you can find them at uh, Teespring. You can find them at uh, let's go with duckfeed.tv slash shirts. Yeah, go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash shirts and uh, check them out. And mm-hmm. again, vote with your dollars. And I want to see pictures of people with these <laughs> shirts. And I want to see people putting one of the shirts up against the other one mm-hmm. like you know buy both or just buy one and then find a friend who bought the other one and then <laughs> and fight debate yeah yeah <laughs> or one of you wait patiently while the other one also waits patiently one waits <laughs> like a pillar and one waits like a trap uh don't blame me i voted for snakes um <laughs> so uh they're gonna be 18 us dollars we want to keep these cheap uh we want to keep them affordable so as many of you can get them as possible uh teespring prints great quality stuff it's american apparel shirt with uh, actual screen printing which is real nice and uh the shipping rates both domestically and internationally are very reasonable. Like if you're yeah. if you're buying this with it from within the U.S., you're getting out for like under twenty two dollars. And the uh, similar to last time, since this is a Teespring campaign, um, there's a certain number of shirts that need to be ordered before they're printed. So if you're into this, uh, don't sleep on it. Mm-hmm. Go to uh, duckfeed.tv forward slash shirts. Yes. And uh, and join the campaign. Uh, this is running from March twenty second to April the fifth. Mm-hmm. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. You, conqueror of adversities, give us your answer. I lost everything and remain here patiently. The throne will certainly receive you. But the question remains. Would you tell me light, dark, or something else entirely? My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a cursed favorite. Yes, and this week we are discussing the Scholar of the First Sin, specifically the patch version that came out with Dark Souls version 1.10. Yes, this is essentially the the probably the lion's share of the lore-related content that's coming with the, the Dark Souls remake. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to, to reiterate, this is none of the new enemy placements, none of the... Uh, you know, right, I think just enemy placements as far and none of the uh, huge multiplayer, you know, no rolling deep with six dudes. This is just the uh, the NPC, the scholar of the first sin, yeah. and new item descriptions yeah. and, it, uh, and a new ending. 
Yeah, if you're listening from the future, this episode is a product of the incredibly bizarre scheduling of the way that they put this stuff out. Like the mm-hmm. new item placements and stuff, not actually available to us as of right now. Yeah. So if you're wondering why we're not talking about that stuff and why we are recovering in an episode in like, you know, two months, that's why. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, you know, this content there, this uh, this patch for for being totally free actually has a surprisingly large amount of content, um, more than I was expecting. You know, I knew there'd be a new NPC. I was not expecting a new boss fight. Um, we should also mention that if you haven't played through it, this is going to be super spoiler-tastic because right. uh, this covers the entire thing. Like, it covers all parts of the game and the ending mm-hmm. and the new alternate ending. So if you're just done with Dark Souls 2 and you just want to hear what it's about, this is a good uh, good podcast for you. Mm-hmm. If you are playing to play it, then uh, come back yeah. afterwards. Right. And we should probably talk about how you access this content a little bit or who can possibly, you know, go and, uh, you know, kind of take after it, right? Yes, yeah. So if you're if you're starting brand new after having downloaded this patch, uh, then you're just going to proceed like normal until you get to the first point where this new uh, the, this new guy shows up, uh, mm-hmm. um, and uh, everything is pretty much the same up till that point. Um, if you have uh, a character who has not killed Nashandra yet, then you are able to go and find this NPC and start that quest uh, as normal. Uh, if you um, have killed Nashandra, uh, you can go find this guy, continue the quest, but you have to bonfire aesthetic to get her back because the quest can only be completed and you can only get this alternate ending if you satisfy a very specific set of circumstances. Yes. Um, so you can go to it pretty much anytime you want. Um, you just have to, if you want to complete it, if you want to, if you want to complete this quest to completion, mm-hmm. you need to, uh, need to have Nishandra living and alive. Um, you're going to run into, uh, this pretty naturally. I love how it's put in the critical path, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I didn't know where this was accessed. Um, and it is genuinely a really kind of a, a, a shock mm-hmm. when it pops up. Like I'd seen the trailer for this, which is, um, I would have loved to have not seen it, you know, which is one of the reasons why I'm so glad I've only seen, I've literally only seen the cover of Bloodborne and somebody uh-huh. running up a hallway. So like, you know, cause the, the, this is really visually striking. Mm-hmm. Um, this is at the, uh, the black Gulch bonfire or the final primal bonfire light, either or. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you run into the scholar, the first in the character, right? You round a corner and you see what appears to be a shulking, uh, not shulking, a hulking shambling mass. Isn't, isn't shulk, a, isn't that a, a Pokemon? Uh, uh, maybe shulk. I think that might also be a commander keen thing. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> to, 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 to <laughs> Who <Google>. knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you run into, into a Pokemon, mm-hmm. um, who is a real gross, huge Pokemon. This is a, a big, like, sh- shambling uh, mass of branches and fire. No. Um, this uh, And it's huge. And uh, it looks like somebody who's going to attack you, which I love. I love that, like, Dark Souls thing when you run into somebody standing still and it looks like, <laughs> you know, like when you go down to the bottom of the stairs and you find uh, the, the partner in mm-hmm. Dark Souls 1. Yeah. And uh, this guy, uh, like, I can't tell. So he looks like a head, doesn't he? Like, your eyes kind of, like, roll off of him because he's this kind of concordance of all of these different kinds of corruption that we've seen you know so far he looks like a like one of our cat dog failed undead or whatever um wrapped up in chaos branches yes yeah the the chaos branching uh motif and theming is is super prominent that's definitely intentional and uh and he has some some dialogue for you when you're under him he just wants to talk there are but two paths Inherit the order of this world, or destroy it. Only a true monarch can make such a choice. 
Very few indeed have come even this far. And yet your journey is far from over. And uh, it's mostly friendly at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, essentially, what he's saying is, uh, you know, no one's been this way for a while. You know, I've been waiting and uh, ask you some questions. You know, are you do you want to shed the curse? Do you want to accept your fate um, or have you already given up? Mm-hmm. Um, and then really kind of key, one of the key pieces of dialogue, he says that there are two paths, um, inherit the order of the world or destroy it, which at first sounds like a real classic souls light, dark dichotomy. But, mm-hmm. uh, as we find out as this quest line progresses, um, that's not, that's not what it is. Similar to our opening. Like it mm-hmm. is, uh, he believes he he'll vote for a third party. <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, this is the scholar. He doesn't call himself, you know, such at this point, you know, I'm trying to put myself in the, you know, in the shoes of somebody who is coming to this, you know, fresh for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, from this point forward, this is going to be the version of dark souls two that people play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unless they're just playing it off of the disc, which, you know, what are you, a caveman? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, try, trying to find it here. Like, it's, it, it's, it's worth noting that this happens right when the game goes from being, you know, wide open and nonlinear to uh, being the more driven, narrow focused on the path, right? He tells you, you know, to go seek Vendrick. He's like a lot of other NPCs at this point, you know, guiding you down this path towards, you know, a position of greater power where you can you know make this decision about whether or not you're going you know what, what, what you're going to do right so at this point early on if this is the only version of dark souls you know and you're not like laser focused on these differences you probably feel like it's a little bit redundant mm-hmm. you know like he's kind of uh just kind of saying mystical nonsense and pointing you towards Vendrick, which everyone has been doing at this point um and that eventually will pay off but at first if this is the only version of dark souls you have i can imagine just thinking like oh you know i get it mm-hmm. you know um he also the next place he shows up uh is the undead crypt entrance um they've moved the bonfire to the centers to make sure you can't miss him you know as opposed to hiding under the stairs and uh, he's there large as life just hanging out <laughs> large as room they're yes. large as room yeah. when um, I, I don't want to say aldi is fat <laughs> But when he hangs around the undead crypt, he really <laughs> hangs around the undead crypt. <laughs> I don't want to say that Aldi is fat, but where did that bonfire go? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it's a bonfire. <laughs> what, what do you have for me, snack? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So he can only it seems that he only appears on bonfires, actually. Like, I don't yes. know if that's his, 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 uh, well, I mean, it's, it's bored out in the boss fight at the end of the game that that is how he travels is through flame. Yes. Yeah. Even though there isn't a bonfire at the end of the game, but he does show okay. up. Yeah. The, uh, through there, he, he also kind of has this weird sense of like transcending time and space. Mm-hmm. Like he literally, you know, we've seen teleporting before. Like, uh, we talked about the, the Emerald Herald and how, um, you know, there's this kind of interpretation with the translation that this is she's actually kind of projecting a spirit mm-hmm. to you, and that the uh, Emerald Herald you run into in the uh, the Dragon Area is the real one. Um, he actually appears and disappears. Right. Like, there's no, you know, he's definitely traveling through space. Yeah. And it's worth noting that he hasn't said who he is yet. There's no indication that he was once human. And unlike yes. the the you know the Eternal Dragon, uh, you know, which we're going to get to here pretty soon, he is not unstuck in time. He isn't seeing you know the 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 the, the regular scale of man as kind of a foggy dream state right Right. so he's got he's got one foot in reality but he is very much not tied to the rules that regular humans have to follow 
Yeah, and some of this kind of comes through in just his, his presentation and stuff, too. Like, mm-hmm. his voice, which cracks into multiple voices mm-hmm. and such as, yeah. as he talks. Four, four different voices, one of which includes the Emerald Herald's voice. Yep. As well. And one uh, one is uh, Shell Cure mm-hmm. as well. And then uh, there's little bits of uh, Navlon and little bits of uh, the Daughters of Manus. There's a video that kind of splays them out. Right. That I'll put in the show notes. The primary voice, though, the one that you hear is actually the same voice actor who voiced Oswald of Kareem from the uh, mm-hmm. from the first game. Yeah. And uh, so his dialogue here is, again, he's just kind of ramping things up. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't, uh, you know, where all the hand, you know, cards are kind of on the table, but he's he's complicating the plot here. Once, the Lord of Light banished dark and all that stemmed from humanity. And men assumed a fleeting form. These are the roots of our world. Men are props in state of life, and no matter how tender, how exquisite, a lie will remain a lie. And uh, he talks a little bit about, um, you know, man and their relationship to life. Right. You know, like what what is your drive or want or desire? Life is brilliant, beautiful, it enchants us to the point of obsession. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, one man lost his body and lingered on uh, as a head. Um, right. And, and, he, and he references that. He references um, the, uh, the, the, what is it, the, the job of the hut. Monster, <laughs> yeah, other... you know, teasing the the terms of love. Yeah, well, I, actually, I read that as the uh, as the, the the prince and princess from the Belfries. Oh, well, I was thinking, um, yeah, but those guys aren't really around anymore. I suppose. Like uh, that's why I was thinking of it as a uh, yeah. as why am I forgetting that guy's name? <laughs> who's that monster? Uh, the, the the covetous covetous yeah. demon. Who's yeah. that monster? Um, <laughs> who's that? <laughs> the, yeah, the covetous demon. Um, but yeah, I mean, it could be it could be any number of mm. of you know, love obsessed fools. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he starts talking about, uh, Gwen. Yeah. He talks about, uh, how, you know, Lords of light banished dark and that, uh, that all, all that stemmed the, you know, from humanity. And really this is him kind of reiterating what Kath said in the first game. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To a, to a degree, like this, this idea that, you know, Gwen, you know, in extending this age of light is actually robbing man. Mm-hmm. of this uh this age of dark and uh you know he talks about you know contrasting with the first paragraph you know uh men are props in the stage of life and no matter how tender and how exquisite a lie will remain a lie right. you know it is uh yes it is nice when the fire is going and everything is fine mm-hmm. but it's false and it's not the way that things should be right so he is a red pillar yes <laughs> yeah he's a he's a he's a he's a man going his own way um the uh yeah, and it is in the end. Um, like he is less Kathy, right? You know, he is <laughs> ah, he's the alternate. Yeah, he's 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 Kathy from accounting, not Kathy from <laughs> counts payable. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, but he is uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, he is the alternate path. So he's Kath mm-hmm. in that respect. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about what he does with the story is, and what kind of plays with Dark Souls, uh, or what Dark Souls 2 kind of expresses anyway, is that there was not as big a difference between Kath and Frampt as we maybe thought. Right. You know? Whereas this and is completely different. This is Ross Perot. <laughs> you know, like, this is this is Nader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. yeah. Again, continuing the theme. Um, yes. And, you know, it's weird, because this game is so obsessed with thrones and monarchy and such, he's not searching for the next monarch like Kath was. Kath was looking for the, 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 the Dark Lord, somebody who would embrace the Dark Soul and usher in this, you know, age of humanity and therefore dark as well in order to kind of spread this 
uh, you know, corruption of the abyss, you know, depending on how you believe the, the, the endings kind of shake out. Uh, Aldia, sorry, <laughs> the the skull, the scholar has, oh well, yeah, I suppose yeah, we can say that. Aldea. Yeah, he's he's Aldia, and he reveals that pretty soon here. Aldia has no interest in that. He's more interested in truth or what he perceives to be truth as like what the resting state of humanity ought to be, or like what transcendence is, how to break this cycle, or how to you know ultimately cure humanity of this. Yes, yeah, he's a scholar. Mm-hmm. Like he's interested in the truth. Um, And this, you know, kind of makes sense with what we've learned. Like, it is indirect and it is not what probably a lot of people were thinking you were going to get. But this actually does make a lot of things kind of make sense, Mm -hmm. you know, um, as far as other NPCs and uh, and what we've been told, you know, so far and what we've seen. Like, Mm -hmm. when it's interesting, I never considered before you said it, the idea that some people are just going to come in and this is their Dark Souls 2 because everything Eldia says has the most impact and makes the most sense in contrast with having done the ending mm-hmm. once, knowing that at one time there was not a choice of an ending. Right. Like, this is not going to be as strong with just a choice at the end, mm-hmm. I think. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think that... It's kind of it's kind of weird because even though that does have the most, the, the, the most impact, even afterwards, if, the, if, there, if there is a choice... People are still going to get the most out of it when they when they go through this again with the most context. The same was true in Dark Souls, given the choice that was you know that that, that was there. Although that choice was less um, signposted if you didn't go through the crazy hidden path. To, Th- that's you know, the to thing is like th- this case. isn't hidden at all. Right. Like you you have to run into this. Mm-hmm. So like you're always going to have that. Like as as kind of a like you've seen what the game is on first blush, and now you get it on second blush. Like mm-hmm. that makes sense. This is always going to be the first blush. Right. Which, you know, it for me it had a it had a large impact on me because I'd spent a lot of time studying the the game as it existed before. Mm-hmm. But uh probably less so in the future. Right. Yeah. But this is kind of continuing this uh kind of trend in the series of characters making their case to you and you deciding which is the most persuasive, right? Uh, taking the timeline of the game into account here, right after this, you're going to meet Grave Warden Agdane, who tells you pretty much the same thing, right? Except his darkness or his version of what he is pursuing instead of light uh, uh, also stands in contrast to what Gwyn does. He even, you know, this is the one of the few NPCs who refers explicitly to what Gwyn says or, you know, whatever he did, how queer that you uh, go on never separating truth from fiction, talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, Gwyn's efforts. Um, but his dark is one that is more aligned with Nito, the actual oblivion of death, as opposed to, you know, this apotheosis of humanity. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then the other kind of persuasive voice that was the only voice that had any real you know, sway over you before was the Emerald Herald with her pretty much admitting to taking advantage of your hollowed state to guide you and put you in a position to use you as a pawn against Nishandra uh, and her claiming the power of the throne for herself. Right, right. And then also, I mean, we haven't run into him yet, but when you start talking to Vendrick mm-hmm. as well, like he has a, a similar kind of place. Um, and all those options, you know, in the earlier section where where Aldia says, you know, inherit the order of the world or destroy it, these are all people who are supporting an order of the world mm-hmm. as it is right now. Like they don't, you know, if you go and and recreate this age of of fire or recreate this age of man or plunge us into the dark like that is something that happens all the time Mm -hmm. because it's dark souls and it keeps happening in these kingdoms um that's the order of the world 
And uh, it is what Aldi is trying to maneuver you into is saying, hey, you don't have to actually do that right. if you don't want to. Yeah, step away and I don't know. Step away and well, well let's talk about that in the ending because yeah. I'm not quite sure what happens afterwards. I don't think anybody yeah, we, is. It's no, not and super I, clear. And well, I think that's that's I think that's uh, intentional. Well, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we should say that this is Alva as heck. Oh, sorry, Alva. What's the what's the who's the Cheshire cat? Um, Alvia. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. Alvia as heck because in most of his dialogues. It gives you a yes or no question. Will you throw off the yoke? Will you destroy the established order? It's yes or no. Mm-hmm. And if you want to see this new ending, if you want to get this new boss fight, you always answer yes. Yes. And they don't, it doesn't always sound, you know, it's not necessarily in, intuitive. Yeah. Um, the, uh, so, you know, he, he, he doesn't, he's not manipulating you to be a king to actually take over the world, the land. Mm-hmm. He does say that there is like a greatness that is required of you. Mm-hmm. Before you can actually make this choice to to kind of throw things out, right? To even uh, to, to even stand at the foot of the throne and decide yes. whether or not to keep it. If you answer, you know, regardless of what you answer here, he kind of throws some shade at uh, at Ed Vendrick uh, by saying, yeah. you know, he was he he is a near true monarch, right? Yes. He, he 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 got right to the finish line, but he but 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 he fell down at the at the ninety nine yard line. Uh, yeah, he chickened out. Yes, yeah, you know, and essentially that that you know that uh. uh bears out with what we've seen mm-hmm. you know like he he kind of ran yeah, he, and and hit himself in a cave yeah he, he ran because because this evil force of the abyss was right behind him waiting to waiting to strike and turn this against uh the you know the world you know to corrupt it and yeah mm-hmm. to take the power for her own right so yeah there the, the, there were forces conspiring and it remains to be seen whether or not aldia is actually an agent of the abyss like uh, you know the daughters of Manus were, which we have no reason to believe. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. No, like I don't. Yeah, the um. So next is his appearance. It was my favorite for so <laughs> many reasons. When you run into him in the dragon shrine, one because when you light the bonfire, he just knocks you on your butt. Yep. And two, it's like mini Eldia. <laughs> like he's guy. like this little. He's like this little guy. He can be a big guy or a little guy. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like it. Like it's it's super super cute. He's got, got a super high voice. <laughs> <laughs> young hollow how you grapple without falter this dreadfully twisted world like he's 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 adorable yeah. i want a little aldia plush <laughs> <laughs> but it just subtly gets bigger yeah and just teleports around the room yeah or like i go to the bathroom and i turn around and it's just there on the floor <laughs> young gary you know like Ugh. um you, you, do you do you urinate or or defecate, or do you throw out the established order? <laughs> you want me to puke? Is that come the toilet? What do you want? Yeah. No. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Number three or four? <laughs> I can't. I can't just do it like the refractory period, Aldia. <laughs> I can only vomit so many times in a day. I know. Jesus Christ, buddy. <laughs> I never thought of this, but the like the all these euphemisms for the toilet kind of turned going into the bathroom like ordering off of the extra value menu. <laughs> i'll take I'll, t- I'll take a number one extra yeah. large it's been a while yeah. <laughs> it's been a while yeah um yeah yeah uh but this this is where he's kind of coming unhinged and revealing a lot of his uh kind of personal philosophy right mm-hmm. and making a very uh strong case for you know what he believes about this order being the yoke and about you know these it's, it's pretty poetic this this dialogue is pretty great All men trust fully the illusion of life. But is this so wrong? A construction of facade, and yet a world full of warmth and resplendence. Now, Hollow, are you intent on shattering the oak, 
spoiling this wonderful film scene? Yeah, yeah. It, it should be said in just kind of a generality, like the the writing on Aldia and the voice acting on Aldia is some of my favorite in the game. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is. I think it's you know poetic, and his delivery is spot on. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's really good. It has the weird kind of inflections and beats um, mm-hmm. that make it not kind of generic gravitas. Yeah, you know, there's like a lilting kind of uh, curious or mocking tone, kind of condescending a little bit. Yeah, to some of the things he says, like it's really, really. Uh, fully fleshed out. Yeah, um, I really dig it. He's kind of he's kind of being a sophist here too. Like he yeah. is he 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 is creating a path that he is leading you down. Right. Like this mm-hmm. is this 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 is persuasion, but of a very of a very heavy handed. All men trust all all men trust fully the illusion of life. But is this so wrong? Disingenuous question. A construction mm-hmm. a facade, and yet a world full of warmth and resplendence. Young Hollow, are you intent on shattering the yoke, spoiling this wonderful falsehood? Yeah, it's like sarcastic. Yeah. You know, it's a rhetorical question, you know, asking you this. And it's interesting because it comes after the Dragon Shrine, which is this huge, you know, after the Dragon Shrine and Aldia's Keep, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like after this horror show and this very, like this, this you know, one of the darkest areas in the game mm-hmm. thematically. Right. And then one of the, the, you know, maybe more beautifully visually striking areas mm-hmm. of the game, but the also... Dragon's area, yeah. Yeah, the dragon's area, which is not symbolizing, Mm -hmm. it is not something good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, it is not, you know, this is not a bunch of natural dragons having fun, you know, partying and and hanging (laughs) out. Like, this is, you know, we we have that caged dragon Mm -hmm. that was was created, like, right before that. Like, there is this implication that there is something going on with this area as well, where Mm -hmm. these things are being bred. Um, So, you know, it's the fact that it comes after this, and it's him saying it, or might give me, like, Demon Souls Mm -hmm. feelings, you know, of, like, Hey, is this fucking worth it? You know, like, did you see that pile of big dead giants? <laughs> all like, this shit that I did, is this worth it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, well, no, dog, you're the one who did all this. Like, you were trying to, if you just went with it, it would have been fine. Well, but at this point, you've also gone through, like, uh, lots of other shit, too. Yeah, that's true. Like, Black Gulch and, and seeing the, the kind of horrors of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of punctuated with this, this you know nadir of, of grossness mm-hmm. yeah and, and like the, this nadir of grossness that uh, that, that like to, to, to be more eloquent with that uh it, it is Thank all you. Uh, sorry Thank you. <laughs> no not not more than you that. no no not not more <laughs> eloquent than you more eloquent than what i just said before oh. you know that like the, this nadir of grossness that is that, that that is all the result of him trying to cure man of this thing that caused the rest of that evil that you saw Yes. Right. Like, you know, it can't be forgotten that Aldia's keep and then this as an extension of his laboratory and even up to where that eternal dragon sits is all, uh, you know, him trying to do stuff to figure out a way to cure the curse or get and, around it or, or you know, to use the, the Emerald Herald's world, world to cozen fate. Right. Which we haven't done, which right. is not has not been successful. So all this horrible shit has happened mm-hmm. in pursuit of trying to fix this thing. Um, and it, it has failed. And at this point. Um, if you played through the game once and gone through the DLCs and such, you could, you know, very well have those the crowns, mm-hmm. you know, and found the the fabled cure that they're supposed to have in Dring Lake, and it's not a cure at all, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it is hopelessness after hopelessness of trying to fix this system that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, So, so he asked you, you know, are you intent on shattering the the, the yoke? Um, you know, it's a yes or no question. And this is where he reveals that he's Aldia. Right. And uh, and he lets you know, like, he tried to shed the yoke of fake, but failed. And now uh, he wants an answer. So seek the throne and uh, seek light, dark, and what lies beyond. And mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Right. 
So what be so bed bath beyond like what like yeah, what, see, what what is see, what is beyond bed. the binary <laughs> see, yeah, see beyond <laughs> yeah so so again this is this is the third way um, mm-hmm. even even beyond uh, uh, what we've seen so the light, lighting the flame Nashandra's corruption of it and then just leaving everything to die right right um, so you have to defeat Fendrick mm-hmm. for him to show up like uh, you know he wants you to get vengeance on his stupid brother. <laughs> And uh, he actually shows up, interestingly, and I did not expect this whatsoever, mm-hmm. um, after you fight Nishandra. Right. Which could make this a triple boss fight. <laughs> triple kind of difficult boss fight. Like, no, yeah. don't forget, you also have the uh, the Keeper and the Watcher or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Throne Watcher and Defender. Mm-hmm. Then Nishandra. Then, then Aldia. Mm-hmm. Um, and he pops up with, again, some of my favorite dialogue in the game, um, which you should cut in. I was going to say it, but you should just cut it in. Many monarchs have come and gone. One drowned in poison, another's tongue to flame. Still another slumbers in the realm of ice. Not one of them stood here. As you do now. You, conqueror of adversities. Give us your answer. The, the, the delivery on the, like, where he says, like, you conqueror of adversities, give us mm-hmm. your answer. Like, the way he, like, spawns that is, or says that is just very uh, emphatic and, and emotional. Mm-hmm. Really like, dig it. Like, he is waiting for you here. He is waiting for you to uh, kind of help him. Yeah. Right? Like, like you're, he you're the first person who, who did it. You know, like, he even, he goes, you know, many monarchs have come and gone. Um, and he describes all the other kings mm-hmm. and stuff. But you've actually, you've done it. Mm-hmm. You know, Vendrick didn't get here. None of those people, you're here. Like you can do it. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then uh, either as a test or because you know he at this point is so overwhelmed with this, you know, making this choice, or because he truly believes it doesn't matter, he fights you. Yeah, and this uh, uh, ushers in a really, really good boss fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah a proper ending boss fight mm-hmm. for for the game, like a better fight than the Chandra fight. Yeah. Um, and it has that kind of like sad tone to it, mm-hmm. which I really dig between the the kind of music and everything we've learned of, of yeah. LD up until this point. Yeah, like so, he is so corrupted. He's so far gone. Like it's not just his appearance, but uh, you know, kind of his his mental makeup and everything as well. Like I just I love the idea of this guy who has even gone to the depths of experimenting on himself. Like mm-hmm. he has tried to walk this before and you know has failed and and ended up warped and beyond what could even be called human, right? Yeah. And and people don't die anymore. Right. You know, like and so and this is this is what happens if you are of Aladia's character or you know, character and you have unlimited time to experiment on yourself and you can't die. Mm-hmm. You know? Like you're gonna end up in as as this kind of broken. Mm-hmm. And outside of, you know, the stuff that happens in the uh, crown of the Ivory King, this is really the only uh, the, the only manifestation of uh, chaos, right? Of mm-hmm. of the witch, of this kind of force of nature that was so prominent in Dark Souls 1, you know, the, the, the Lost Center and her eye bug aside, right? Right. And you, you get the sense, like, th- this is kind of what happens when you are trying to manipulate life, mm-hmm. which is what he was what he was doing. Yeah, and that's and what the bed of chaos is, too. Yeah. Right, yep. it, it is it is life unchecked. Yep. 
so that is why he has grown these branches mm-hmm. and such. Um, the fight doesn't have... I mean, it's a, it's a really good fight. It's not super gimmicky. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a whole lot to it. Like, he teleports around. Um, he's got uh, these uh, kind of fireball attacks that you that you, you can dodge. And he has the... He can send uh, branches your way right. um, up from the ground. And it's really just about learning the patterns and mm-hmm. and dodging through. Yeah. The, 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 the tricky part is that he is only... Ev- vulnerable when he is not engulfed in flame so if he yes. if he's posted up and on fire uh, he'll be attacking you from a distance and uh, you really just have to wait for him to teleport and he leaves himself open for just a very small amount of time and this becomes a little bit of an endurance test at least it was for me like i had to use uh, uh far more recovery items like i was deep in digging deep into the pockets in order to yeah. keep myself going oh, rogue water <laughs> uh, rouge water yeah yep. i like rogue water better yeah <laughs> The uh, yeah, me me too. Like he has a lot of HP, and uh, he's also you know even uh, he has lots of resistance. Like during any time where he is bound up in flame, even if you try to attack him from a distance, you don't do very much damage. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it it is it is an endurance test. Right. Um. But it feels fair. Like you eventually can get to the point with this guy where you don't really get hit. Mm-hmm. Um. You know his uh the branches that come from the ground, you can actually block those. You know, if you have a hundred percent physical shield, right. it's physical damage, um, and really just have to learn about how to dodge his fireballs, yeah. um, which is the uh, they're they're similar to that uh, Forbidden Sun mm-hmm. thing, which I think is a sorcery that Aldia created or a pyromancy. Yep, uh, pyromancy. Uh, it was developed by uh, Aldia. Pyromancy developed in Aldian rites. Um, mm-hmm. What could possibly justify such excessive destructive power? In all likelihood, the madmen of Aldia never even questioned the need. Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's you know, he's using the company brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like Jurassic Park. Yeah, they uh, they, exactly. they never stop to ask if they should. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, that big one, that massive, massive fireball. Uh, uh, until I upgraded a uh, the the rebel shield and infused it with fire, uh, I, I could not. I like that. That was instant death. Yeah, it does. It does huge damage. Mm-hmm. Um, you can actually dodge it, um, but it just requires really precise timing. Yeah. Which it like ultimately I ended up doing, but it took me a, you know this took me a bunch of tries. Yeah. Uh, mercifully, you you know I, this just becomes a fog wall, mm-hmm. and you just you can summon again for it, and you, <laughs> you don't have to fight everybody again or anything like that. Or it's not like you just get one chance. Okay, he kills you, and then not only do you have to fight uh, all three of the bosses uh, in a row again, every time you die after that, it adds another boss from the rest of the game in front of it, and it just queues <laughs> up until it's a Mega yeah. Man boss rush. That'd be awesome. Uh, like, like I would play a, a Dark Souls boss rush, or, I, or I'd watch somebody else do it. Well, yeah, I, I'd, I'd want it to exist. <laughs> yeah. So um, after after you beat him, you don't get anything, right? Like you don't get a soul, you don't get a soul reward, you don't get an item. Are we going to talk about the music? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mentioned it just uh, being a little bit sad, but we didn't say specifics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this uh, this this feels a little bit like a deranged version of Gwyn's theme. Actually, mm-hmm. you have a very sad but dissonant piano that is a couple of keys off from this uh, for, from this symphonic from the string line that go, that's going on behind it, and this is by God one of my favorite tracks in the game. It's really good. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to that. Just it sounds great. Yeah, it is a good one. Yeah, but you don't get anything. So unlike the, the Nashandra, who was going to carry you over to the next game with uh, some souls to uh, you know just, just just to get you started. You know, yeah. like a down payment on your on your yeah, soul house soul in Majula. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a soul dowry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so, you're you're left yeah. with a choice. 
Yeah. So this is, you know, and the, the original choice is still open to you. You know, we talked about uh, the, the throne of want mm-hmm. um, before. Yeah. You can go, you know, the giants will, will bow down. You can go into the throne. And uh, we don't know what happens. Right. You know, and forever, that was the ending of Dark Souls 2. It's still incredibly ambiguous, even if you go that way. And and the reason it's ambiguous, like the thing that what I buy is that it doesn't actually matter. Mm-hmm. You know, like the fact, and this is this is uh, a Vadi thing that he believes in really strongly, but I I think he's right on in this, is that the, the mere existence of Dark Souls 2 kind of means that the ending of Dark Souls 1 doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. Like what you do, because there, it's this cycle, right? Like you plunge things into dark, eventually it's going to become light. Uh, you know, a fading ember is the natural state of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, a, like fa- them commu- a, a fading ember can still start a new flame. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't, no matter what you did in the original version of the ending of Dark Souls 2, it had the potential to start back up again. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it could happen. Um, but if you choose not to do that, and you leave the way you came in, you get the the, the third ending. I want to I want to camp out just a little bit on kind of the the, the peril of this that was that uh, that that kind of rests with the initial ending. So in in both cases, either in Dark Souls one or here, the the abyss was the threat, right? This kind of creeping uh, uh, corruption that was going to uh, take over everything. The same thing is here. Manus has come back as these you know daughters of chaos who are putting themselves close to power in order to kind of gain control of the of the of the flame for itself. So that ultimate fate of you know like the, the ending that would matter and actually and actually would you know cause far more harm to the world is still averted right nashandra's gone all the other ones are gone and so this kind of sets up this third ending the, uh, the, the 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 third way as actually not really being the, the the ultimate evil this isn't like embracing the abyss with kath right yeah because if you if you embrace the abyss with kath dark souls 2 still happens right like this takes the teeth out of the abyss mm-hmm. as a, as an ending option. I feel like mm-hmm. because if you had done that, and keep in mind, remember that like Nashandra wants you to get, you know, wants to get to the throne as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so like if in the fictional version of the game where you died in Nashandra and because you've cleared the path and she just mm-hmm. goes into it, um, whatever she does in there, you could have potentially done in there as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so like this, this again, it takes a lot of teeth out of the abyss. The abyss is very unpleasant while it's going on, Mm -hmm. you know, but it doesn't, it's not permanent. So like there there isn't an ultimate evil, like there's such Mm -hmm. a thing can't exist. It is Dark Souls 2 again, Mm -hmm. or it is, we don't know. Right. You know, which, which plays in with the kind of meta contextual stuff of the first one where like the way to end is to stop playing Mm -hmm. because no matter what you do, Dark Souls happens again. Right. You know? Yeah, or the meta-contextual one of this, which is Dark Souls 2 just happens again. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, and it does happen again even if you choose this third option. I would have loved if there wasn't a new game plus <laughs> when, you, when you chose this. I think that would have been perfect. I could see people being really pissed if they weren't expecting it, but I think that would have been perfect. Yeah. Uh, so you get the third ending. You get Not the third ending, the second ending. Uh, yes. the, the, the alternate, the third way, rather. Mm-hmm. by uh, Just like in Dark Souls 1, you leave the room. Uh, it's a fog gate that's up. I forget if there's like any kind of call out that says, hey, stand here and press so-and-so to activate this. Um, no, uh, no, there's just a fog gate yeah. to get out. Um, and and uh, But as opposed to Dark Souls 1, where like you're greeted by this, you know, uh, quorum of serpents mm-hmm. who are going to worship you as this dark lord, and uh, you're, uh, there's just nothing there. Right. And and the, the Aldia dialogue, which is, you know, Aldia still talking to you, which makes me think that he does uh, transcend time and space. Mm-hmm. Um his dialogue here is really telling. There is no path beyond the scope of light, beyond the reach of dark. 
all could possibly await us. And yet we seek it insatiably. Such is our fate. You know, beyond the scope of light, beyond the scope, reach of dark, what could await us? You know, and it's mm-hmm. it's actually a question. Right. Like it's not a rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Um, but whatever that is, we seek it. And mm-hmm. that is actually our fate. That was the thing that was interrupted by starting the cycle, by by the dark sign coming along, by, you know, this becoming this light, dark, light, dark mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. To actually, you know, break off of the track, you know, not go yep. in circles anymore and, you know, go to where there is no path. Yep. Yeah. And uh, uh, the, the, this, this does mirror the dark ending of uh, of Dark Souls One, at least in composition. Right, you're walking yeah. up, you're walking up the path uh, that led you down to the throne of want, and these, you know, cairns or these uh, uh, the, the the torches and braziers on either side are going out. Whereas in Dark Souls One, you had this uh, again this this quorum of serpents rising up to meet you as you walked along. Yes. Right. So, yeah. it is, so it, it does, it's a little it bit of an undoing of that. It's, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's visually the same. And it's evoking a little bit of the same feel, but it's uh, it's a little bit more kind of transcendent. Yeah, the note, it feels like the the note that it ends on dialogue-wise is so much more, like, so so much less gamey mm-hmm. than, like, you know, because I, I looked and I watched the endings of Dark Souls 1 again, and the serpents are like, you know, we're ready to serve you, our Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and their teeth are clamping together and mm-hmm. stuff. And like, oh, you're going to be a dark lord, blah, blah, blah. And that sounds mm-hmm. very like, it sounds like a video game because you're still in a video game. Because you're still, right, you, you know, mm-hmm. you're still in uh, uh, like that kind of world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This with its like actual ambiguity, like that's the, we don't play by those rules anymore. We don't know that if you're, you know, it's not you're going to go off and seek greater glory or adventure. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally we don't know what happens when you turn off the system. Right. Yeah, and it's comforting that there's still a constant here. That this is that the that the theme still holds, right? Like the, the even down to the last line, what could possibly await us? And yet we seek it insatiably. Yep. Right. Still, Which, still going into one, still into seeking, still into seek. You know, dar- you know, seek darkness, seek the seek the throne, seek the monarch, seek. I, I don't know what the fuck. Right. Well, because see, because seek a thing that's not a foregone conclusion. Well, yeah. You know, like that. The, the, the I, I guess that's, I guess done... I guess that's what I mean. I'm not saying yeah. I don't know what the fuck, but like everybody's saying, the, the person saying seek. Well, I can't tell you what to seek because this the, the, this hasn't been written yet. Because we haven't found it yet. Yeah. Like that's the like why look for something you've already found. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Aldi is saying. Like we we know what happens with this. Like listen, I've studied this shit. You know, I've I've looked at like I've studied Gwen. I know what happens to the, you know, I know what happened to Ilium Lois. I know what happened to, to, to Shulva. Like, I know what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not, that's, you're not going to learn anything by going down that path. Right. Like, go find this new thing. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Like, that, that is a good, that is very satisfying to me as an ending of Dark Souls. Like, I feel yeah. like this is the canonical, this is the good ending of Dark Souls too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. the other ending is great. Like, it is fine. And there is value. And I think that, uh, Aldia even kind of plays lip service this value of like, yeah, it's a lie. It is really nice though. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is there is something to it. Like I'm one of those people that uh that that one guy in the matrix, like, mm-hmm. I'm sympathetic to that guy who just wants to eat steak mm-hmm. all the time in the matrix, like little fat mustache man who likes steak. Yeah. I can I can dig it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would probably dig that. Um, but it is, you know, I also can dig being a Neo mm-hmm. and uh and you know, pumping pumping your way out and yeah. 
flying and woeing. <laughs> fly, <laughs> fly, fly, flying and doing Superman Goku fights. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you know, I, 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 in the in the past when we've either talked about uh, Dark Souls One or Demon Souls, I've kind of been of the of the mind that all that we're seeing is a very small window when the flame is about to go out, and we are seeing just like the worst of what happens. You know, as things kind of draw to a close before they're kind of renewed. It's mm-hmm. the it's the it's the uh, you know you, you you burn the forest uh, so that better stuff might grow after it. Right, mm. so I I think that I'm I'm amenable to uh to Mister to Mister Cipher as as it were in that case and the other blue pillars uh, because of that. But I'm more kind of willing to accept this as the good ending of Dark Souls too, strictly because there isn't an element of corruption, you know, kind of associated with it. It's not nihilistic in a yeah. way, like in a way that kind of the other ones the the other ones were right. And you know, even in the dark, oppressive tone of everything else, I wasn't willing to accept that as being kind of like part and parcel of that because you know it just it it it, it disregarded the fact that there is an upside to the cycle, right? This I, I I'm down with the ambiguity and I'm down with you know the fact that Aldia is somebody who has seen everything before to a certain extent and looked and explored and saw what happened when you tried to play within the rules what happens when you when you break out of it and so right. this this is hopeful in a way that the other quote-unquote bad endings were you know were not it, it's hopeful in a way that like if the other bad endings like the reason specifically the demon souls one the reason why that appealed to me was the idea of this kind of mercy killing of it the dark the dark souls one i was a little bit more um ambivalent about but whereas that's kind of a mercy killing you know kind of thing mm-hmm. uh that would cause suffering in the short term, oblivion in the medium term, and eventually it would just become Dark Souls again. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually does have, you know, the hope of the mystery box. Like, this is the pig in the poke. Mm-hmm. Um, it's curtain number three. Yeah. You know, whereas curtain number one is like, I'm going to hug you and then stab you. Mm-hmm. And curtain number two is I'm going to stab you and then hug you. <laughs> and then this is like, maybe you won't get stabbed. Maybe, maybe it's maybe all hugs. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's all hugs. We don't know yet. Did you know, this is a a tangent, did you know at the end of one of the uh, Matrix video games, you fight a gigantic mecha Mr. Smith Mm -hmm. called Mecha Smith that takes a pair of sunglasses off of a billboard and puts them on? Yes, and also that boss fight is introduced by pixelated versions of uh, the Wachowskis. Oh, saying, yeah. hey, you know what? We're really sorry about how dumb this is. Like, it's yeah. one of the most bizarre cutscenes you're ever going to see in a game. Yeah. So somebody pointed that out on, on SA. And I was just like, <laughs> this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like, this is fucking strange. Um, yeah. The Matrixes are bad. I know. The, the, the first one's okay. After that, they're all garbage. <laughs> they're the worst fucking movies. Um, the, uh, but yeah, it is, it is hopeful or at the very least, um, you know, true. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the true thing, you know, hopefulness is just mine. You know, I've, I've kind of come to grips over the course of the show that I'm a little bit of a Pollyanna and like them, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine owning that even with the downsides of that. But, uh, that, that, that truth side of it is one that definitely, well, rings true yeah. to me, um, in, in a way that makes me willing to accept it. And, you know, kind of addresses, you know, it embraces the theme of want while kind of taking and giving a little bit of resolution to uh, the, the the theme of the cycle and, you know, drawing some kind of, uh, you know, satisfaction out of that, you know, construct that is kind of made to deny you of satisfaction, right? It, deny it, you of it, any kind of like finality or answer or conclusion. It's, it's want in a pure sense. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's want for... Like this return to a natural order and then also want for the unknown mm-hmm. once you know that, like, yes, you can want, you know, the balm or the, the you know, the cauterization. Yeah. But, you know, again, they're just it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
Like, like it, it nullifies that want before. It is saying, like, all that want that you felt before, like, it does ultimately, on the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. isn't really an option at all. Yeah. Like, isn't really a thing. So the thing uh, that, 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 that kind of doesn't sit right with me about this, though, just as we consider, is all of Aldia's kind of ranting about the, 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 the true form of man and the fact that the way we look or the way that man in the Dark Souls universe looks when the when the flame is up is a transient form that is that that, that is a line of promise. So we are kind of consigning the race to uh, to be monsters and people who are walking around shambling, you know, towards whatever light is available. You know? Or like, well, so the the um, again, like the 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 Vadi video that he has on this um, is interesting because he talks about you know, man getting kind of disrupted into the cycle, mm-hmm. um, but we don't actually know what was next for man. Mm-hmm. Like it was supposed to go, you know, age of age of nothing, um, you know, age of fire, age mm-hmm. of dark. And then we don't know. Right. And then Gwyn just kind of set us up in this loop. Mm-hmm. So something could have happened after the age of dark. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going back to hollows, you know, hanging around in the ashes. Yeah. Clutching, looking for clutching souls. and grasping. Yeah. 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 Like it could be. I mean, it could be anything. Mm-hmm. It's just we've just been a record skipping. Mm-hmm. For, for all of eternity, essentially. Yeah, that's that, that that's kind of funny because if you consider that the, the the you know the gods of the first pantheon were you know creatures who embraced these souls from the flames and then rose above and became something other than man, right? Mm-hmm. By, by by virtue of the power that they held and kind of keeping everybody else in this you know ever rotating record skip kind of state. Um, you know, who knows what the gods actually stole from them in terms of, you know, the next evolution of man beyond that. So giving them yeah. giving them a false, you know, shadowed version of, uh, uh, you know, of, of the greatness that these, you know, souls or whatever, whatever power was hidden after the after the age of dragons and the, you know, the, the, the stone and scales and whatnot, the, when everything was Ash Lake, um, taking it all for themselves and giving scraps in order to keep them in a in a, in a very dim cycle that, that that had a very tight loop. You know, who knows if it would have taken off and become, you know, even brighter or, you know, yeah. a, a, a much wider loop that got further. You know, yeah. a, away from kind of the base again, clutching and grasping. Yep. Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, even if it like if if it were just me, like I would probably <laughs> blue pill it like crazy. <laughs> but the, like thematically, I like the red pill ending of this, and I I hate saying nice things about red pill. That has like one of the worst connotations. Like right today, this today, today it does. <laughs> today, yeah, today it it used to be fine, mm-hmm. and now it's like like saying logic or ethics. Like it is a. Mm-hmm. It is a word that I don't like anymore. Yeah. Um, but you know, in in this situation, I like the red pill ending of Dark Souls too. Mm-hmm. So, you heard it here first. Like <laughs> the red pillar's guide to <laughs> Dark Souls too. And, and you know, we, we we get we get heat for dropping that stuff into the middle of a show. This actually is appropriate. We are using that in the. Uh... Yeah, we're actually just using the term. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah. so in case anybody is 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 reading more into that than they than they ought to, that is uh, yeah. that is what we're doing. Yeah, you oughtn't. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's that's Dark Souls too, and it is a that is in a way like I feel like the DLCs leading up to this addressed a lot of story stuff, but then a lot mm-hmm. of the gameplay problems I had, and this makes the ending square at least. Like the right. the journey up here is still messy in a lot of ways, and. Any of the, like the you know the kind of complaints or concerns we had throughout the season, most of them still stand, right. but this does a really good job of making it feel like a more complete product. I think. Right. 
And, you know, the fact that these extra characters are, you know, this, this extra character and this extra wrinkle to the story is added right around the time when we start getting away from individual stories of these kingdoms and into, you know, the messy part of the story, which is Vendrick's quest and ultimate end goal. You know, adding this duality does actually, you know, bring a little bit more interest to that back half um, mm-hmm. and a little bit more texture um, to, you know, what, what, what the aims of this whole kingdom were. In in a weird way, it's very impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder, you know, I just the, what is going went on in the studio or the the creators for this. Because if I was just handed Dark Souls two, and was said like, hey, you know, you get to add one NPC that that kind of makes this ending feel right. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I could have come up with this, yeah. you know, as a thing. But it just it feels like it fits. Yep. to me and just and just kind of works like it is weirdly impressive mm-hmm. it's definitely something that you can tell they had the benefit of time and scope yeah. to do right they, they they had a little bit of you know separation if you assume that they started developing it you know sometime less than a year after the after the thing came out probably like six months later they probably had the ability to say okay we came up with a bunch of really cool ideas but there's nothing to connect them there's nothing to bring them closer this content um didn't do as much as I wanted to in order to bring those pieces closer together or add more in between. But they but but they went back and rewrote the stuff that was furthest apart or found opportunities to to you know to to, to bring it in and bring that clarity. And so this is a, a, a very ambitious retrofit because they managed to fix problems without creating any new ones. At least that yeah. I can see, you know, having had like a while to think about it. Like we've been sitting on this for about a month. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, those aren't the only things that the patch added. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only thing that patch added. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so, and there are tons of little things like, um, you know, when you're looking at your, your teleport screen, the areas with the best multiplayer are highlighted and rusted coins are better now. <laughs> what, and, and what, change, what did they I'm do? Somebody rusted coins. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they increase your item find. Oh, cool. And they're stronger now. It's like the second line on the patch notes. Oh, I suppose, like, yeah. Finally. No, I wasn't saying it to like <laughs> okay. to criticize you. I was saying like, why is that given such marquee billing as something that's so inconsequential? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but, but the, the, the other th- big thing was the, 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 the agape ring. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, gives you the ability to uh, not have your souls contribute to your uh, soul memory and uh, lets you kind of stay still and uh, control your multiplayer experience. Yes, and and I we're not multiplayer guys. We've said it before. Mm-hmm. Um, the reaction to the agape ring has been mixed, mm-hmm. from what I've seen. Um, there's a video I'll I'll put in the show notes um, of a guy who kind of like criticizes the Dark Souls 2 multiplayer matchmaking system, and it's pretty compelling, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he has a real problem with the agape ring. I honestly haven't fucked with it. I haven't even found it, um, just because I knew I wasn't gonna, you know, like controlling my multiplayer experience was never really a thing. Mm-hmm. In Dark Souls 2 because I just dabbled. It. So. <laughs> it's, it's weird that that mechanic or the way that they implemented it is kind of the same thing as being egg burdened. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Where it just yeah, it's, it's sap, sap souls that otherwise would have uh, gone to you. Yeah. yeah. it's a, That's why we have Jeremy <laughs> around. So Jeremy can say how good the agape ring is, mm-hmm. um, whereas we cannot. Right. Um, and there are some item descriptions that are not quite as noteworthy, like, oh, the Iron Key. They added a uh, a line at the end of that that said, the Iron Door 2 must be somewhere far away, which that doesn't follow because they talked about uh, in the same item description about how the Iron Keep was stripped of all of its valuable iron. So did they take the door and move it 
to the yes, to, and then we install it. Like we, we can melt this down for armor, but fuck it. Yeah, we got um, hey free door. Yeah, <laughs> no, no one's gonna turn down a free door. Um, there's some of the item descriptions are actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, though, and some of them I felt really good about the ones that kind of uh, vindicated some things that we've said mm-hmm. on the show that popped up a couple times. Yeah, which I'm happy about. Mm-hmm. So I've made some notes of the uh, of the ones that have changed, you know, the most substantially, and uh, you know we can kind of take a bit of a tour through those mm-hmm. if you yeah. would like. So to you know to lead stuff off, there are a bunch of items that relate to the children of Manus uh, that have all been updated to include you know Nashandra's sisters, right? Yes, um, and you know there, there, there's a certain stripe of the updates that were just done to reconcile things that were probably written before the DLCs were developed um, in order to reconcile them. Yes. Yep. Um, we find out uh, what Vendrick was getting, why why he attacked the giants mm-hmm. um, from the giant warrior club. Yeah, uh, which uh, is uh, he was going after their souls at Nashandra's yeah. bequest. Yes, not bequest, a behest. There we go. Yep. <laughs> so that that was a huge question mark. Yeah. That we had for the entire season, which a little like, bit underwhelming, right? We thought it was the yeah. Lord Vessel. We thought it was some kind of artifact. Like, no, these actually are just really powerful souls, and that is how you advance in power is to kill powerful things. So, yep. you know, he's like us farming for farming for souls. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it does make sense when you consider that he was essentially, you know, kind of the the person before you, mm-hmm. like doing doing this thing. Like he vanquished. The, the the four whatever's right like isn't there uh, design yeah yeah that? there's yeah. there's there, there's right. there's something about that he he killed whatever old ones were there before you were were there yeah. before the ones you killed yeah. yeah so he was you know like the 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 land of the giants was the DLC for him <laughs> and and he went over there to to fight them mm-hmm. there yeah yeah the uh, the giants kinship uh, they changed that not too appreciably they 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 kind of uh, removed the mention of the throne and make it more about the fire which makes it a little bit of a companion piece to the faded ember in terms of being a uh, a thesis for the game the flames roar but will will soon begin to fade and only a worthy heir may burnish their light what is it truly the claimant of the throne could desire mm-hmm. yeah yep um, we uh, so, and we weren't the only people to do this but mm-hmm. I'm happy that's true um, that the uh, the soul of the last giant and the giant lord that they were the same same person mm-hmm. um, and that's confirmed um, they they say that the uh, the giant lord was uh, defeated and sealed up beneath the keep to keep yeah. him at bay mm-hmm. and uh, when the king brought the giants uh, back as hostages to Drang Lake this was actually the turn in his personality right. to him kind of becoming a bit of a shit heel yeah this was his uh, I'm sure there's a, sa- a Shakespeare reference it was Macbeth killing uh uh, so and so, and finally, mm-hmm. fi- fi- finally succumbing to the ghosts and the madness and the witches. Right? Yep. Yep. yep, yep, very Shakespearean. They make some changes to the flexile century in the Bastille that are kind of baffling to me. <laughs> it, it's bit. it only feels like it makes sense. Yeah, like all the stuff. So essentially, the whole thing was that the uh, the the flexile century and the um, uh, pirate bay. Mm-hmm. Um, there are <laughs> sorcerers there, right? essentially so when Uh, when vendrick started seeing signs of the curse everywhere he decided to start persecuting anybody with a magical aptitude and so that's who he was rounding up through the no man's wharf and kind of sending off to to the lost bastille but the flexile sentry wasn't the one who was watching that passage no the flexile sentry was loading people up from overcrowded cells and taking them out to be buried alive at sea yes throwing (laughs) throwing throwing wizards in the water uh making it's wizards tea harry um by uh, by seeping them shits, and the uh, the only thing I can think of is this is just to make it feel like oh this is why uh, Carhillian's here. Mm-hmm. It's sorcery, yeah. but I'm still mad at Carhillian, so it doesn't <laughs> actually this does not address my Carhillian rage. Mad at Carhillian or mad at Strayed? Uh, Carhillian. 
because uh, he's hanging out in uh, Bungling Bay mm, yeah. or what have you, where uh, the, the bay where all the sorcerers have been dipped in the water. Mm, yeah. Made sorcerer tea. Mm. Why are you mad at Carhillian again? I'm sorry. I just think he's a <laughs> bullshit NPC. Okay. You, you can go back to that episode. Me complaining about it to Riff, but like I just think he's you know there's nothing to him. Mm-hmm. He's just yeah. sitting cross-legged in the middle of Pirate Bay for no reason. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> seeing like my Carhillian rage sounds like a lot more <laughs> like it sounds like a great adjective. Like, Wait, but didn't he come here from Melfia along with uh, along with what's her name, uh, the, he, the the wannabe pyromancer? He did. Okay, but then he was just sitting cross-legged in Pirate Bay and for no good reason. And I think mm-hmm. this is probably why he was there. But then they don't do anything with his character. Right. Yeah, I don't remember everything I complained about Carhillian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's all on the record. <laughs> You can order a transcript from, from CBS.com for only $40. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see here. I love what they did with Seldora, actually, mm-hmm. as revealed through the Seldora set, those clothes, and also the uh, the, the the soul of Freya herself or the, the writhing ruin or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they bring yeah. a, little, a little bit of flavor to the, the, the people who live in Seldora as opposed to just the miners or whatever. This was like a really, really rich town. And they decided mm-hmm. to, uh, uh, because because they wanted even more riches, they decided to start digging up every place they lived in order to get these uh, uh, these bright stones, right? Which apparently are fragments of of a being that once roamed the entrail the, the entrails of the earth. Who else do we know who might be connected to this? Who had crystals? Oh wait, Seath. Yeah. So so it, that that's satisfying to me. Like mm-hmm. I was like when I you know I, way back in the day I was like oh man you're they're just harvesting Seath's bad body. I was right. Mm-hmm. They kind of are doing that. Um, just not in the way that I thought they were. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, we also learned a little bit more about Freya. Um, Freya is not actually the writhing ruin, but the act- the current vessel. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, Freya first took possession of a solitary insect. The writhing which, ruin uh, first took. There, yeah. Oh, you correct. Yes, the <laughs> it's Freya's ruin. monster. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Did you, somebody there's a tweet where it was like, "No, Frankenstein was actually the name of the or was the, actually the name of the scientist. The monster is the pedant who points that out," um, which I'm pretty into. No, um, my uh, my favorite version of that is either it's either Fart or Drill who uh, who tweeted, uh, "Actually, um, Bon Jovi is the band. You're thinking of Bon Jovi's monster." <laughs> That's pretty good too. Yep. Um, yeah, the, the writhing ruin uh, took possession of the spire that was in the cage, um, which mm-hmm. a lot of people online thought that little little broken cage was uh, was Duke Seldora's little baby pet, uh, baby pet spider, and that is true. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and this is where it starts getting a little bit hazy. Like they added some kind of throwaway details. Like they really, really have it in for uh, for for Lindelt. Mm, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. There's not much more to add there aside from, you know, again, related to Seath, uh, the fact that uh, they worship an Ark Drake and their uh, the Ark, the Ark Drake set has a, a passing resemblance to the Channeler. Mm-hmm. Uh, they add some details about how anybody who goes looking into the uh, the uh, whatever the, the 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 crimes that lie behind Lindell are disappeared most conveniently. Um, so I don't know, like maybe I'm reading a lot into that. I don't know. I don't know how much there is to back up to it. But boy, does that feel right to me? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. And it makes sense with what we know about Lindelt already. Mm-hmm. Um, Navlon is not actually a demon, but uh, he casts aside his desires to embrace the dark. Um, is the dark uh, holding a mirror up to the nature of mankind? Mm-hmm. He is a chaos sorcerer, as, as he calls himself. Right. So when a lot of people were saying, oh, Navlon is Alvia, um, Navlon is a sentient sorcerer, that mm-hmm. could still be true, or sorcery, that could still be true, but he calls himself a chaos sorcerer. Right. Yeah. And uh, so so he didn't just get possessed. He, you know, it, it may be possessed, but it's more of a force of nature as opposed to uh, kind of a dark rider. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I skipped over one about Elan. Really, they just kind of clarify. They line up a bunch of stuff with the DLC. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that uh, they, they imply that Elan distanced himself once he became disillusioned with the king's depravity. Yeah. Um, which we, we more or less know, but it's nice to have things in the main game support that. Mm-hmm. Um, the stuff that references the DLC is like that. Those were the, the most coherent stories in the game. Yeah. Um, and it's telling that not very many items reference those or any items from the DLCs. Uh, none of the items from the DLCs got new item descriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, for the mo- I think there might be one or two exceptions, but for the most part, they don't. And uh, that's because they didn't need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melfia, they give a little bit more uh, uh, information about, about that, but nothing of real consequence. Olinford is still a mystery. Yep. And uh, Alva and Zuli, um, mm-hmm. there's a little bit more detail about Alva and mm-hmm. uh, his search for Saint Seret. Or Seret? Mm-hmm. How do you know? Uh, Saint, you Saint, Saint Serate sickness. Serate, yes. Yeah. Uh, for Saint Serate sickness. Yeah. And is this like a little love story? That's yeah, a little love story between them. So the witch tried to uh, uh, find him and corrupt him, and he was unworthy of pursuing his quest and lost hope. But they kind of found a new purpose together, which yeah. doesn't serve anything in the macro. But I love those little stories when they pop up. Yeah, it's a nice little story. <laughs> um, yeah, and I was I was kind of the new item descriptions. I was expecting a little bit more. I'm Me glad too. they didn't go further. Like mm-hmm. they didn't go too far with it, but I wanted them to go a little bit a little bit further with it. I think mm-hmm. um, what's there is good. Um, it's still hard. Like if I think about and if I had made more comprehensive notes, I would I would know this. But I'm trying to think about like what are the so here's a question for you, and, and I'm putting you on the spot. What are the dangling things still in Dark Souls Two? Um, like, are there on un- what are the unanswered questions? So, anything related to the other kind of societies that um, I about said, Gwyn, that Vendrick subjugated. So, mostly anything to do with uh, uh, the Gurm, the Lion People, um, mm. uh, stuff kind of related to uh, the, the 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 pit, the gutter, um, uh, the uh, um, oh gosh, Black Gulch. Anything related to like what's the connection between uh, the Sunken uh, Kingdom and everything else? That's the one that has kind of the weakest connection, I think, to um the 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 themes of the rest of the game mm-hmm. um yeah so just kind of these smaller little societies and i think that uh i think anything that uh has to do with the way the different hubs might be connected to each other um thematically um even beyond um um the fact that they are all connected to majula right yeah yeah and uh, like I, I would, I think that's that's probably true. But there's mm-hmm. not that much. I when I was kind of racking my brain, there wasn't that much of of kind of serious import mm-hmm. that I felt was still unanswered. Yeah, you know. So even with with those misgivings that I kind of half half stated there, uh, there, there there's uh, those are all still good self contained stories. Like yeah. that that was all the stuff that was strongest about the narrative as it was you know presented before you know what i would say about the 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 broader work as it remains and there's still i think some story stuff to come to light um at least when they start uh updating the edit like the the enemy and item placement um i think that there's you know we're gonna have to do a little bit of a closer read uh to whatever the new the 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 new whole of dark souls becomes um with you know with those connections whatever those uh things end up saying um is that there are a lot of different voices and kind of like agents within the story that are all running at uh, different purposes and mm-hmm. i don't know if it's you know failing on my part to keep them all straight if there's more to them than we see on the page if there's less to them than we see on the page um and i think that uh, uh you know it's just going to be time and interpretation that ultimately see how this settles down and you know what the what the single story that they're trying to tell is my my instinct is that there's a bunch of chaff like that there is a lot of that kind of stuff that actually is not that important. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of things that kind of cover the same ground 
you know, either thematically or directly uh, kind of narratively mm-hmm. than uh, that, as other things do. Um, and they're just kind of in there in the initial Dark Souls 2 writing style that had a lot of kind of stuff thrown at the wall, mm-hmm. you know, because it was cool and, uh, you know, is not going to actually bear out. Something that's crazy about this is that a lot of the item descriptions that they changed actually get rid of the questions, like yeah. that rhetorical style that was present in so many of the in so many of the descriptions that felt like a conscious choice. Yeah, which is great because those were annoying. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's uh, Scholar of the First Sin, the patch version. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be back in, you know, a while yeah. to, uh, at some point between Bloodborne episodes, yep. uh, in order to kind of conquer the, uh, to tackle as conquer, <laughs> in order to conquer the, <laughs> the, the full version. Um, but, uh, until then, you know, we have some responses from you guys. Mm-hmm about this and then also i just reminded myself of bloodborne Mm -hmm. Um, those are the two things that just happened so yep sorry we're very close to bloodborne yeah we are i uh man i I broke a little bit of my media blackout and i watched one of the trailers oh buddy Mm. buddy what are you doing no no it was fine it was it it was it was mostly atmosphere it was cool it was because i was uh, a person at work was asking uh why i was gonna be why i was gonna be out next week and I was like, oh, you know, here's this thing that I really super care about. Like, you know, I do these podcasts, but he kind of fell out of games. And uh, uh, it was like, man, if I played this game, I would be lost. But not like lost, like, oh, I wouldn't know what to do. Like, I, would, like, I wouldn't be able to spend time with my family. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I was just kind of like, oh, here, here's this thing that I'm super excited about. And I talked, yeah. talked with him about why Dark Souls is cool. So. Yeah, that's always a fun fun good time i'm still i'm still i've only seen the very first trailer mm-hmm. for it so there are the very first kind of footage of him like walking down a hallway you know what that's the one that i saw okay oh, so, yeah. so i so i didn't it was uh it might have been if we're talking about the same one it might have been the e3 one so we're still good we're still good oh great yes <laughs> yeah um because and and people like be careful out there Ooh, yeah, guys if you're if you're watching if you're listening to this and you haven't already had it spoiled for you because people already have their hands on the game uh people are spreading shit around mm-hmm. so uh yeah. the so, internet's a dangerous place right now for the two or three days that this episode will be out <laughs> mm-hmm. you know before bloodborne happens yeah and we'll be back next week with our first impressions yeah um which i call it first impressions there's almost zero chance i won't have beat the game by the next time <laughs> we record um just because that's all i'm gonna do mm-hmm. um there or at very least be pretty deep into the end game right so they will be they will still be first impressions mm-hmm. because uh you know these uh as the as the one thing that the the dark souls 2 kind of how it stumbled towards a satisfying conclusion for me mm-hmm. um really kind of mirrored how i stumbled towards a satisfying read for all mm-hmm. these games yeah you know it is an iterative process that requires a lot of kind of patching and, and going over things and to allay any, you know, and and that goes hand in hand to, again to allay anybody's fears about us rushing through it. Oh, you to, to to beat it in the first week. That's for planning. Like the the the, the read that you get in our individual episodes is a very close, you know, you know yes. far spread out uh, read. Um, yeah, I'm going to play it twice. Yeah, you know, at the very least, I'm going to play it once, and then I'm going to play. I'll probably start a new game character, new game plus character, and get a little bit into it. But then I'll have a character that I go through the uh, through the main with as we go through the, the episodes mm-hmm. but let's talk about your responses to the scholar of the first in patch yeah so when we, when we put out the call facebook collectively responded aldia did it yeah <laughs> just kind of over and over and over which is funny which is true yep. yeah it's funny it's funny and true <laughs> it's funny because it's true it's true um yeah 
So a lot of that, and they're right. Um, mm-hmm. But there are some other uh, responses. Uh, DJ Davis here says via contact. Oh, via Facebook, uh, sorry. I, I mistyped that. It's quite right. Via Facebook. Um, it seems like From's answer to making Dark Souls 2 a better game is to throw a bunch of stuff at it to see what sticks. Maybe if we keep piling new stuff on top of this mess we originally created, it'll turn into something great. Uh, not quite sure how that's paying off yet. I'm holding off on the new content until I get the new PS4 version. Maybe that'll be the winning combination. So this is hard because if you've listened to this, you already know that they do square up some of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I disagree with DJ Davis about so many things. Me too. Um, like I, I like that that DJ. I like that you are participatory, mm-hmm. and we don't have to agree about Dark Souls to both be interested in it. Um, but I do feel like you have given have not given Dark Souls to a real fair shake um, in this stuff. Like. None of the stuff that they like, the, and out of all the things to criticize Dark Souls two for, mm-hmm. like the ad- additional things, which you know, referring to the dark, the this and the DLCs, mm-hmm. these are the last things that I feel like you can criticize <laughs> it for. Like these are yeah. these were great. Like this is exactly what you should do. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if it's on Bonfire Side Chat. I think I might have talked about it on Watch Out for Fireballs. But like the idea of like a DLC addressing problems with the main game mm-hmm. is not something that we should look down on. Right. Like that's great. Like if a company you know realizes that they didn't do something as as well as they could and listens to feedback and then puts out an answer to it mm-hmm. um and it does it successfully that's really to be you know in my mind to be really respected like i don't expect anybody to be perfect out of the gate mm-hmm. i don't have any problem with people showing out you know uh made to their mistakes like one of the big examples i always talk about is dishonored mm-hmm. where like the dishonored dlc has none of the weird character dissonance and like the problems that like I love Dishonored, but the problems that came with it being a a, a silent protagonist mm-hmm. and the kind of lack of feeling that came from that and stuff. And the DLC answers it really, really well. Like it's a self-contained, perfect little story, you know, that has more heart and feels a little bit more genuine mm-hmm. in that way. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, that that's that's a good use of DLC. Mm-hmm. I dig it. Um, I don't blame them for not doing it in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, the new ending of Mass Effect 3 is pretty good. I also liked mm-hmm. the first ending of Mass Effect 3. Well, you're, right? you're the only guy who, who liked that, though, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know about the only one. Like, I thought it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, you, 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 didn't, you didn't sign that fucking petition? No, I didn't sign the petition. The White House the, petition? The, the, the only thing that's shitty about, the, about them changing the ending to Mass Effect 3 was the, was the circumstances that led them to having to change it. Yeah. Or, you know, being pressured to change it. Right. Like yeah. the fact that they got feedback. Cool. But the fact that they got such forceful feedback and they were rated the worst company in America over fucking Comcast or Time yeah. Warner is a travesty <laughs> yeah. to me. Have you ever dealt with a fucking seven hour installation window for Comcast? Because <laughs> it happens. Like you think somebody making a video game ending you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Th- that stuff that drives me fucking yeah. nuts. Gamers are entitled mm-hmm. like, but, like or they're not entitled. They feel entitled. <laughs> yes. They are not entitled. Yeah. But I mean, just. But like you know, but, but but even beyond that, this is a wonderful use of the technology. The fact that games can change after the fact and they're not just a sealed thing in a box that cuts in a lot of different ways. Like it can suck for somebody who is just jumping into it, and if it's broken out of the box. However, if it can cut two different ways, the, one of the ways that it cuts is probably pretty good, and that's a yeah. way to you know you know re- re- revise it and admit that you're wrong. And you know, like humility in a creator is a good thing. Well, here's the thing: is like another any other medium, right? Like you have. Some- Something like, um, like this, this too is a product of games as consumer culture as opposed to an art product because mm-hmm. it, this doesn't happen with books really. Like a book doesn't come out with like a director's cut or DLC for the books. Except for but, the stand. 
Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very rarely. But the thing is, is books are read for content and story, mm-hmm. and all these things are kind of created. The the people who are publishing these games don't put budget into paying me and Cole to play through them and analyze where the story is unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome if they did, but they don't. <laughs> you know, so like them being able to have that maneuverability is important when there's this much like this kind of budget on the line and this kind of culture around the medium, you know, it is, it is necessary. It is, is what's going to have to happen if you want to have emotionally resonant and satisfying games, mm-hmm. um, while simultaneously having them have ridiculously huge budgets yeah. and, and be this kind of like game boner, mm-hmm. you know, 360 no scope, yeah. <laughs> NOS energy, you know, commercial kind of thing as well. Yeah. It's not admission of weakness. You don't have to say, haha, look, they admit that it sucks. Well, yes, that's a good thing. If they, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, like you, there, there's probably an argument to be made to say, hey, make sure that it's right the first time it comes out, like release something that is not a compromised or flawed piece of work. But um, that's super naive. I know, like, right? Like, yeah, like that doesn't like, have that doesn't square with the real world at all. Exactly. Like the person, which is the where I was going that with argument, that. And I'm not I'm not saying DJ is doing this. The, uh-huh. I'm more arguing with internet posts that I've read by anonymous people right now. <laughs> but like, if if you're making that argument, you've never made a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you've never created something because that's not how creation works. Mm-hmm. And if it is, you're never going to create something. Like, if you're just laboring around in your basement around Game Maker to make sure something's perfect before it comes out, like, good luck to you. Mm-hmm. We, you know, with no feedback and no actual like stress test. Mm-hmm. That comes from from releasing something like yeah. the best way to create stuff is just to constantly do it mm-hmm. and fuck up constantly. Like, yep. those are the extra credits like the fail better? Yep. You know, like, you know, fail better and them trying to fail better at this is is admirable. Right. So you know, ultimately, a better thing comes out at the end. And, you know, if you were dissatisfied with the first thing, I'm really sorry about that entertainment is subjective and that's totally a cool thing however it can get better as a, you yeah. know like like yeah, the, this uh the, the, this is not attrition this is uh something rolling around in a rock tumbler it's scraping up against rough edges until it ultimately comes out smooth and shiny as kind of you know if not the best version of the thing that it could have been a better version of the thing that it could yeah. have been like that's the thing is like if you wanted to argue that the original Dark Souls two was a lot of things thrown against the wall to see what would stick, mm-hmm. I would say that a lot of the side details and kind of story stuff was that, and that's mm-hmm. a fair kind of criticism. But mm-hmm. I don't get any impression of that from any of the the downloadable after content right stuff. Yeah, and the 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 the, the main game, the one that came in the box, was already a, such a sprawl. Right. Yeah. So to say adding more and more on top of it to the point where like outside of the DLC, if, you know, if, if we just take the comment to be, you know, talking about either changing, you know, adding this NPC or, you know, changing some of this, uh, change, changing some of the uh, item descriptions and even down to like the full re-release, that's a rip and replace. That's not an ad. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Aldi no. is the only new thing, and even that nestles quite nicely into the empty spaces between the stuff that had a dissatisfying void between it and you know in that first that first you know uh, iteration. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. So again, much of that was not necessarily focused at you, DJ. Right. <laughs> um, that was that was just us arguing with a conglomerate of uh, a viewpoint. Yes. That some people share to to some or all degree. Yeah. Um, but or it was um, us white knighting. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, or or we're just being yeah. just being shill idiots. Like, oh, we're just you know, we're just beta cucks for Dark Souls too. <laughs> beta cucks. Uh, like, can, can I make that a dark? Can I make that a shirt? Yeah, yeah I would. I would wear it. Yeah, uh, that, that's a real red pill MRA internet thing, referring to to men who respect women as beta cucks <laughs> because they're just going to get cheated on. Those fucking idiots. Um, anywho, uh, 
Yeah. So again, don't don't take that as that mm-hmm. a, that offend. We're we're just expressing ourselves, not mm-hmm. necessarily in opposition. I do respectfully disagree with your point. Yep. DJ. Um, but also you haven't played them. <laughs> like you're just like I don't know if this will do it, but I bet you it won't. <laughs> and, you know, you could also give it a shot. Like yeah. we think that it does. If you do and you don't think so, that's great. Mm-hmm. And if you decide based on what you've already played that you don't want to try, also great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Emily writes in via contact. Aldia's dialogue suggests that the physical body of man is the result of the Lord of Light banishing the dark. This sounds familiar to me. After the chosen undead defeats Manus and Dark Souls 1, the shards of his splintered body grow into human daughters. So we know that the shards of Manus can form into physical beings. To take that a step further, what of all humanity, Manus included, are shards of the original Dark Soul that formed into physical beings after the dark was banished? We've seen that pure, we've seen what pure humanity looks like in the universe. Black, intangible, floating, cloud-like voids. I think it is implied that this is humanity's true form, uh, and that being a creature of flesh and blood is just a fascinating illusion that we cling to. Linking the flame grants peace and prolongs the flesh and blood illusion a little longer. Otherwise, we're destined to return to the nebulous dark. What I still struggle with is Aldia's implied third option. Light, dark, or something else entirely? Beyond the scope of light, beyond the reach of dark, what could possibly await us? Aldia asks us to look beyond what has always been presented as the natural order of this universe, the cycle of light and dark. But what's left? Given that Aldia is the scholar of the first sin, would that be chaos? Is chaos the union of dark and fire, or the absence of both? I have no goddamn idea. True to form for the Soul series, uh, this extra content has left me with more questions than answers, but the questioning is so much fun. Love the show and all that other stuff. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah, thank you, Emily. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, I don't know about the chronology, about the, mm-hmm. the first part yep. of that, with the idea that like the shattering of the dark is what created all men. Mm-hmm. Um, because there, there was something there that was picking up, like, you know, something like a furtive pygmy, pygmy found the, the original mm-hmm. dark soul. Um, so I don't know about the chronology, but it's definitely an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. And I tend to forget about the, the actual, the natural humanities floating around in the abyss. Yeah. When I think about this stuff, partially because they don't actually figure into dark souls too. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no, you know, there are no humanities as a, as an object. Like that was a, a narrative conceit, having a humanity exist as an object, an enemy, a quality of something. Mm-hmm. And as this kind of, uh, you know, theme thing in Dark Souls one mm-hmm. was really, really kind of complicated and confusing, yeah. um, in a great way. Mm-hmm. But I think they jettisoned that in Dark Souls two, at least in part to, to clear that up. Right. And, and it, the interpretation, it makes it harder to draw that that line between human effigies mm-hmm. um, or humanity in general yeah. from Dark Souls 1 to Dark Souls 2. I guess it breaks down to, you know, one of two things. Do you believe that the human uh, uh, kind of sprites that you see are the quintessence of humanity or kind of the remains or the remnants, um, you know, after this? Because at least the opening of Dark Souls 1, however reliable that is, um, implies that the natural form of humans is, again, those those clutching and grasping, you know, zombie-like forms that have no purpose the hollows right who you know have have uh, lost all hope you know rather uh you know in, in in the curse and just kind of move about without purpose right like that that is implied to be the natural form of humanity as opposed to you know these sprites which are pretty detached from anything else we really see in the actual text of the game yeah yeah I agreed, but yeah, good, good, uh, good thinking. Mm-hmm. Stuff to think about, and uh, I, you know, to obviously agreed on the the third point. I don't know if it is, 
you know, like a, a has anything to do with chaos or anything like that. I think that kind of theorizing as to what LDS third option is, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not meant to have anything aiming towards it, mm-hmm. you know, or anything uh, pointing towards it. Uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't theorize about it. I just don't think there's anything there. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no answer. We're not supposed to have an answer. Yeah. And, the, and, and that that is the like the fact that nothing is written is what is written. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, uh, and, 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 and what is laid out, you know, you can, and you can draw up your own kind of speculations around it, whatever, again, whatever, whatever makes you the most satisfied with it. But, um, yeah. you know, at that point it really is a blank slate because you're not drawing on anything that has kind of been, been presented before. Yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks everybody. Yeah. Um, we are recording our next episode again is our, our first impressions episode of mm-hmm. Bloodborne. Yeah. Um, after that we will be, Hitting the uh, again another uh, solo episode with the whatever the tutorial area mm-hmm. ends up being in that. Um, I hope it's just an inn where everyone tells you about like <laughs> elemental effects and <laughs> active time battle. Um, <laughs> but the uh, regard that that's how little I know about Bloodborne, folks. Um, <laughs> active time battle. But then after that, we'll have our first episode with a guest, and I think you guys will be into it, and I'll announce that soon. Mm-hmm. Gary has done a lot of hard work getting uh, getting some people on board uh, with us, and uh, I think that that is going to pay dividends. So I will thank you for the audience, Gary, for, oh, uh, for no, everything you've done so far. You're welcome. Yeah. Happy to do it. Um, yeah, if you uh, if you have things to say, we're not going to have an appendix episode, I don't think, on the next one. No. Um, but if you do have uh, things to say about that first area, um, once you've played it, um, just the way to get a hold of us in general is duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also go to facebook.com forward slash bonfireside chat and uh, hang out with us there. Right. Um, uh, we would like to issue a very special thanks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. So uh, last night, as of when we're recording this, uh, get a little email bloop from, uh, from 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 a listener who heard us last week talking about like, yeah, you know, we don't have uh, we use uh, just because, you know, money, time is, is, is not a priority, but we're both really interested in having them. Um, and this uh, this listener, uh, Mr. one Mr. John Hurst, was um, ridiculously generous uh, in donating enough money for us to buy we use of our own. Yeah. A listener essentially bought us We Use, um, which there's, it's hard to explain it without making it. I'm not throwing any kind of shade, but whenever mm-hmm. we I say, like, it's ridiculously generous mm-hmm. or anything like that, I don't mean, like, yeah. you're insane, man. Like, <laughs> I don't mean it yeah. as, as it's it's just it's very, very nice of you. Uh-huh. Um, I feel really, really. Uh, so, you know, first, like, huge thank you to John. Mm-hmm. That's really, really kind of you. And uh, it will be put to good use. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate it. I hope that you feel like, you know, you feel that we provide, you know, content then and and entertainment enough that that justifies that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this suggests that you do, which is very uh, humbling and, and flattering. Yeah. And then also just a huge thank you to the, the uh, you know, to the people who, who listen to the show and the fans we've kind of cultivated mm-hmm. um, who are in, in very generous with their time and oftentimes with their money. And if not those things, just with their attention. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, not a, not a moment goes by that I'm not very... Uh, you know, very appreciative and, and humbled by that. Yeah. Like your guys' support. And I look at the numbers and I see how many of you there are. And I see, you know, the stuff that comes in from the Amazon and from, you know, from, from, from Patreon every month. Um, the, 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 that all is, you know, life changing in a way that kind of puts a lie to the way that life changing is overused. Yeah. <laughs> You know, like it is it, it, it is something that uh, I, I think about every day and grateful doesn't begin to describe. 
Um, yeah. How, how, you know, how I feel when I look at my email, when I check and see, you know, uh, everybody coming out and paying attention to, uh, to, to what we do and uh, off, offering their kind support in, in so many different ways. The, yeah. the last thing that I want is for anybody to listen to that and feel compelled to, you know, to do it. <laughs> the last thing I want is for anybody to think that when we mention, hey, who, we, who like, wants to we buy like us something. Who Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> I can stand a race them. I don't want, I'm not sharing with Kayla. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when, when, when somebody writes in and says, hey, do you have X, Y, or Z? And we say no, because time, money, like all these limitations around us, please do not construe that as us, as us thinking like, oh boy, I hope somebody listens. Yeah, that, that, that that is not the case. In fact, no, um, we were just talking like and and I, I had that thought, too. Like and I had that, that kind of fear. Like, I hope that we don't come off as pandering in that respect. And if we do, it is 100 percent on accident, because honestly, we were just talking about mm-hmm. how we both were interested in the system. Yeah, uh, we're not we don't expect anyone to buy us consoles. <laughs> right. um, it, it is a, a super, super rare mm-hmm. and special thing yeah. that uh, this, this gentleman has done. Mm-hmm. And uh, because this, uh, I, don't, I forget if we have um, brought, brought this forward as well, but one of our PS4s was essentially bought by another listener, uh, uh, one Robin, uh, yeah. uh, who, who, is a, who, is, who is a vocal supporter of, of, of this show in particular and was, and was similarly, um, similarly generous. So the, the, this is... The, this is kind of twofold, right? I want to. It's it's important that we recognize this generosity when it is when it's there because God, like holy shit, this is so great yeah. to see. Uh, but but also we want to be absolutely clear when you know where this comes from, even when it does happen. Yes. So yeah, it is, and I I also hope that you know it makes me hope that like at some point if I am ever fiscally solvent enough, I can do that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know because like mm. I. I appreciate there. There are so many creators that I I really love, and I do what I can to to support them, you know. And I think that's that's you know that's right and good mm-hmm. and a good thing to do. Um, and you know, if if somebody, what I'm trying to get to, to grips with is just somebody's able to do more than I you know usually would be able to do, and that's that's awesome and and really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it is just it's the kind of thing that if I if I was able to, I would do it. Right. Too, you know, and it is, it is awesome that that he's able to. And I'm very lucky that I happen to be the recipient of that mm-hmm. as opposed to just being somebody who wished that I could do, you know, that I could send, uh, I don't know, Bob Mackie a gold plated Majora's mask, <laughs> you know, or, uh, you know, something like that. Yeah. Like, like that would be that would be nice. Um, but I can't do that. But this guy, uh, Ken, you know, John was able to do that and, and did. And it's it's great. So once again, we appreciate not just John's generosity or anybody else who has kind of given one of those, uh, you know, big one-time things, uh, one of those big one-time uh, gifts to us, but also everybody who has continued to support us over Patreon. You know, we're coming up on a year of having run that, and it it, it, it can't be called anything other than a massive success, and that's 100% because of you guys. Yeah, and and I love that, that people are, you know, people, it feels very good. That people support us, but it, more than that, like there's this idea of this kind of uh, you know treadmill that you get into, where like you feel good about something you've made, and then that fades really quick, mm-hmm. and then you start feeling like absolute trash about something <laughs> you made, and 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 then you know things like this come along and it makes you it makes you feel good again, and mm-hmm. it just kind of like re-energizes us, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to like, you know, it's just really cool that we can kind of unite around 
mm-hmm. this common common love of things. And and I genuinely really appreciate you know enjoy talking to people on on Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. um, who listen to the show. Or uh, you know, uh, I'm always happy like if you know an email like people have sent in uh, you know concerns and people have sent in uh, just kind of like talking points and stuff. And anytime one of those emails crosses my email, like I answer it. I'm happy to. You know, I like interacting with everybody here. Mm-hmm. I feel like super, I don't know where I'm going. I, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm not getting emotional. I'm getting rambly because I'm a little bit overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, thanks. <laughs> it's it's a moment to stop and take stock. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, 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 it's in my own personal life, I try and take, you know, efforts to be as mindful as possible of what I should be grateful for and any kind of privilege that is bestowed on me by the generosity of those around me. So, yes. you know, it, it is, it is, a it is an effort to remain that way, but, uh, by God, you know, if this isn't good, what is to quote Vonnegut? Yeah. So we yeah. gotta, we gotta call them when we see them, we gotta stop and say it when it happens. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I yeah, I don't yeah. know where and I was going I, with that sentence. It's super exciting. Like I'm going to go, go buy it soon. I already have and it. And then, yeah, I, that, that's, that's great. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> looking forward to getting it and I'm going to play some, uh, Super Mario 3D World, yeah. which is a game I have had a game boner for since i first saw it <laughs> yeah um uh, here's so a, here's a tip excited. if you go to a target at 8 a.m uh there are four people working there none of them want to talk to you and they really <laughs> don't want to sell you a wii u <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> makes no sense i know that, that, that i was there at 8 a.m no that they don't want to sell you one yeah like i had to i had to walk around i was late for work because of this <laughs> <laughs> um worth it yep the uh yeah, I'm, and they have. A, I'm gonna get that Nintendo Land bundle. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm way excited. So, so again, thank you very much, John, mm-hmm. um, and anybody else who, even if you're just listening to this, you, you get huge ups. Mm-hmm. I don't want, you know, it's not a pissing contest, right. um, and it is not, you know, uh, it's just we really appreciate everything, the entire scale of what what people give to us, right. and uh, yeah, and hopefully you, hopefully you feel <laughs> like it's worth it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, before we leave, I just want to remind everybody that uh, if you go to duckfeed.tv slash shirts, you can find the, uh, the, the the trap snakes and turtles pillars. Uh, that's another great way to support the show. Um, and uh, uh, that campaign lasts again for about two weeks after this comes out. Yeah. And we want to see pictures if, once you get them. Yeah. When we did the Watch Out Fireball shirts, people people sent us pictures and it was really cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And thank you. And, I, and until the next time, um, what should they do, Cole? They should seek light, dark, and what lies beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Umbasa. Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. What should they do, Cole? One moment. I need to find the actual quote. There is no path. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Let me see here. Blah. And so doing a doing a control F for seek. <laughs> okay. No. Uh, is is no help. Okay, I'll yeah. just I'll, I'll I'll take it back in. Okay.